Thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, and just to be clear, you, you don't take exception to anything I said introducing this segment, right? I mean, he wasn't found innocent. He I wasn't exonerated. This was a procedural issue uh, that the trial should have never happened. Fair point? <laughs> Hey, party crashers. Welcome to another episode of The Uninvited. This is your host, Jerry Jones. However you found us and wherever you decided to find us, I am so very glad you did. Please do us a favor. Please rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss another one of these fine episodes. And should you give us a rating, please consider giving us five stars because five stars feels a whole lot like love and four stars is the friend zone. Did you all know that a year ago I started this show? It's been one year. And it is, wow, I mean, what a difference a year makes, right? I mean, we actually get barbecues this year. We got baseball, we got basketball, we got sports, we got we got stuff. We get to have beers. We've got a um, a new and improved COVID variant that seems to <laughs> we are we are completely undeterred by. I think it's great. I think it's great. We're back. America is back, bigger, badder than ever. Um, but yeah, it's been one year. And I couldn't be more excited. And, you know, it's like, oh, so on the one year that uh, that I started this show, uh, <laughs> this is, well, I guess what I'm trying to get to is like, this was a hell of a week to go into your one year anniversary show. And uh, I've been titling these last few conversations as... Um, the big courage conversations and man, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the truth. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I I almost said, you know what? I can't do the show this week because the topics are just too hot to touch. Uh, I mean, I feel like if. <laughs> There were two stories in particular that stand out um, for me, and, and we're going to get into those. I would imagine there are probably two of the stories uh, that have stood out to you. Um, and uh, I, I'm going to, you know what, here's the thing. I'm just going to jump right in. I'm going to jump in, and I, you know, look, I hope that you all, <laughs> I hope I get another year. Because the, I'm going to tell you right now, the shows that we have coming for year two are just going to be out of this world. Out of this world. Uh, I think 
just to recap, so I think in episode, I don't know when it was, it may have been the third or fourth episode, I think I talked a little bit about the impetus for Uninvited. And what I'd really planned to do uh, with the show was to, to take to take listeners to places that we don't normally go. Um, and it was thinking about, it was going to different Michelin star restaurants, you know, in the country, going outside of the country, going to shows with interacting, uh, with folks, um, in the, you know, hospitality industry and, you know, you know, in the artist community and then COVID hit and, um, that just didn't happen. Uh, in year two, we're going to start digging into, uh, the restaurant and hospitality industry. We are going to, we're going to marry, so we're going to marry um, that that initial impulse to to develop the show and to really kind of, to really kind of explore the hospitality industry. Um, but also marrying it with the notion of, of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, we're going to talk policy uh, we're going to like policy with a big P, like from a, from a legislative standpoint, we're going to talk about, um, you know, institutional and structural racism all through the lens of hospitality, particularly within the restaurant industry. Super excited about that. Um, Georgie, know that I'm still with you on the words thing. Um, we're, we're definitely going to build that out. Um, Jeff, my man, we got some things we need to, we need to, we need to get some things on wax, uh, for this year, um, as well. Super excited. Uh, but year two is going to be great. Assuming that I don't get canceled after this show. Um, look, we started this, this episode with, with, uh, it was, um, uh, very short night. You know, I, there was so much from, from that interaction that I, I wanted to include, but Chris Cuomo, and um, one of Bill Cosby's attorneys. And um, as we all know, um, Bill Cosby's conviction was overturned. Um, I, I actually think it was more than, than the conviction being overturned. It's the equivalent of uh, your record being expunged, basically. Basically what... Um, what happened with Bill Cosby, why he is no longer in prison is because the Supreme Court, the state uh, the Philadelphia State Supreme Court ruled, I think the vote was six to one. They ruled six to one that the trial should not have taken place because it was a violation, essentially a violation of uh, Cosby's Fifth and Fourteenth Amendment rights. Um, obviously, we know the Fifth Amendment, uh, you have, you know, you know, you have the right to, you, you have the right to not incriminate yourself. And the 14th Amendment really deals with um, kind of due process and, and guaranteeing due process. Uh, both of which, uh, and I'm not a legal scholar, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not, nor am I a legal scholar. So uh, anyone from the legal community, please feel free to fact check me. Uh, but it, it seems that the, the nuts and bolts of their decision was that, hey, uh, Cosby's constitutional rights were violated. There was a deal uh, not to prosecute based on his testimony in a de deposition for a civil trial. Um, 
And even though there does not appear to be, I, I, I don't know, have any of you seen anything in writing? A deal? From the former DA who just happened to be Trump, one of Trump's um, attorneys during the whole, um, I can't remember if Castor was an impeachment attorney or if he was um, one of the attorneys trying to help him overthrow the election in Georgia. Um, but um, he, had, he had offered a deal, and I think he had maybe made public statements about there being a deal. I don't know if there was ever paperwork located to such a deal, but um, as um, and I, I should maybe there I'll maybe I'll find a way to include a link to uh, Mr. Cosby's lawyer's interview. Not that not that any of us are really terribly interested in what his lawyers have to say, uh, except that she is right in that the ruling. In Cosby's case, had it gone the other way, could have triggered a major, uh, well, she, not her words. I, I, I do think that she, she was indicating that there is a serious constitutional, the magnitude of the impact on how we interpret the Constitution would have been it would it could have been seismic had had the the state supreme court ruled another way and 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 i i, I think it's important to note and she mentioned this like hey this was just one case there was one plaintiff in this case this is not a sweeping um you know it's, it, it doesn't impact, from a legal standpoint, the the other uh, the other um, accusers, and he's got plenty, what over sixty. But that in this one particular case, um, the the state supreme court said this should have never come to trial. And so, Bill Cosby does not have a conviction on his record. It 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 literally does not. According to the court, according to the state of Pennsylvania, he is not a felon. And I gotta, I gotta tell you, um, look, I, I have not read the deposition. That was some of the homework that I was supposed to do, and I didn't do from the civil civil case. But I have heard excerpts, read, uh, read I've, I've heard people reading excerpts from the deposition. And if those excerpts were actually from the deposition, which I have no reason to believe that they were not, um, the things that Bill Cosby did confess to in that civil trial is just, and I guess what I'm saying is like, I, I, I guess in cases of assault, sexual assault and rape, I'm, I'm wondering about why are we ever making deals to not prosecute in the first place? Maybe, I, I think part of it should be like, no, we, we're, not making, we're not making a deal not to prosecute. Now, he doesn't testify without that deal. Maybe we don't make deals. Um, but I have to say that 
if we want a justice system, an equitable, a fair, equitable, and just legal system, then it has to work for everyone. The, 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 the laws have to apply for everyone. And even when they are an asshole, even when they are just scum of the earth people, the law needs to work for them too. And my concern is, you know, there have been calls for, you know, you know, to kind of, I don't know. I mean, I don't, people aren't calling for the Supreme Court to overturn their own decision. You know, I don't, and I don't think that there's anyone who believes that elevating this case to the United States Supreme Court would yield anything other than what we currently have. But it, it sucks. But the legal system, the legal, not the legal system, the judicial system, their interpretation of the Constitution and the 5th and 14th Amendment rights, they were right. The legal system failed. I believe the district attorney's office for the city of Philadelphia, failed. Um, they failed the accuser. I believe they failed the state of Pennsylvania. I feel like they, I mean, they just failed. Um, I would say that the the criminal, the, the I don't want to say criminal justice system, but what, I, what I'm talking about, the, the, um, the police component, the invest, not the police component, the investigative component, of the criminal justice system failed because it sounds like a lot of these things happened within the state of Pennsylvania. Um, I mean, these things were not unknown. These incidents were not unknown and that we had a non-responsive, unresponsive, uncaring um, investigative component of, of the criminal justice system that failed uh, the accuser and failed um, dozens of other women. Um, it, it just has to be better, but it doesn't, I don't, we can't do it at the expense of, you know, undermining the Constitution, if that makes any sense. Um, no one, I don't know of anyone who is defending Bill Cosby. Well, hmm. God, that's not true because um, there are several, you know, on Twitter, you've got people who are like, he was innocent, he didn't do anything. And I'm like, that is not at all what the Supreme Court said. The Supreme Court is not indicating by any stretch of the imagination that Bill Cosby did not do that which of which he was accused. What they're saying is, you know, the, the city and thus the DA's office and thus the state made an agreement to not prosecute based on that testimony. And it's not admissible. We don't have a case. Um, that's what they're saying. But there are certainly people who have been kind of on the bandwagon, the Bill Cosby didn't do it bandwagon. And I'm like, what planet do you live on? He clearly did this. He's he and he's admitted to the fact that he did it. He's an admitted predator. 
and we we need a system that can identify and and put these people away um, before things like this ever happen again. But um, I hate man. It, it, I, when, I guess what I'm saying is that I hate I hate it when the system works the way it's supposed to work, and when it when it does that, it actually hurts the people that we that the, it actually hurts the people that we actually needed that system to work for. We need a system that will protect victims, and we don't we don't have that right now. And that's, I mean, that's the work ahead of us. How do we get a system? that protects us um, and 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 provides due process um, but that's all I you know that's all I got on that I, I I could go I mean but I feel like I feel like as a country we we've, we've kind of been over this thing with Bill Cosby ad nauseum I did notice though the thing that really stuck out to me was that Bill Cosby no longer was blind you all remember when he went in, when he was going to court, he was blind. All of a sudden he lost his, you know, he lost his sight. Wearing these dark shades and, you know, kind of like fumbling around like, like he just couldn't see anything. His eyesight seemed fine the other day. It was amazing. Weird. I think Harvey Weinstein is going to be the same way. Harvey Weinstein all of a sudden needed a walker going into trial, into jail. When he gets out, way too soon, whenever that is, it'll be way too soon, I'm sure he'll be walking out just fine. Those, man, just, it's all just kind of slimy, isn't it? It's all slimy. But I, I wish I had, I mean, here's the thing. I, I would have loved to have said that in 2021, um, we had a, a, a better, more improved legal system that protected people, but we do not. And it sucks that the system worked the way it was supposed to work, and it still failed. It still failed. Um, speaking of failing, um, and this is this is another. I mean, this is just another touchy one. Um, Sha Shakari Richardson. You all know the story about Shakari Richardson. Shakari Richardson is just she is a track and field phenomena. She's the fastest woman in the United States. She might very well be the fastest woman in the world. And um, I'll never forget. In fact, I was at my at my parents' house. And we were watching an NBA playoff game. But my dad was like, hey, you've got to, you know, you've got to watch Shakari Richardson. Um, she is going to be the story of the Olympics. And I hadn't heard of her at all. And... He uh, he showed me. He played a couple of her of her heats, and man, she was amazing. And then I actually saw her in her race where she qualified um, for for the Olympic team. And so by now, you may have heard that uh, she will not be able to race in her in the individual one hundred meter. And there's no guarantee that she will be allowed to represent. Uh, the United States in Tokyo, where she might be eligible to run in the 4x100. 
she's been suspended for 30 days for testing positive for marijuana. And um, you, you all probably know the story by now, but the story was is that um, in order to cope with the news uh, that her of her biological mother passing away, she she smoked weed, um, and uh, actually the president was asked about this, I believe, yesterday. I'm trying to figure out where was Joe. He was at like some like some little market, and uh, and they asked him about it, and he he said, you know, rules are rules. He's like, I'm proud of her of how she's handling this and how she's responded. But rules are rules. And I'm like, you know, I got to be honest, Party Crashers. I'm in that camp. Rules are rules. Um, I, uh, I'm i just going to put it out there. I don't believe she should, not only should she not um, run, I mean, clearly not run. I don't, I don't think, she, you know, I don't believe that the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee um, should should overturn their decision to suspend her. Uh, I also don't believe she should represent the United States at all. And the reason why I believe that is, um, listen, there are a ton, there are literally hundreds of American athletes who are, who have spent at least the last four years, some even more, preparing. Well, they had spent four years preparing for the 2020 Olympics. And now, with COVID, they had to spend an extra year. So most of, most everyone who is going to the Olympics has spent the last five years preparing to go. And, you know, if, if, for those of you unfamiliar with track and field, um there are multiple heats heats are like so different races so like um preliminary heats or races so like she I, you know to get to the finals to qualify i believe she probably had to win two or three different races just to then run in the finals to qualify and so um she had found out um prior to the olympic trials and so she was running these races knowing that she had smoked weed. And so when I look at it, I look at every heat that she ran with marijuana in her system. She was taking the spot of someone else. And or e even if she's not taking the spot of someone else, so like so... Um, there's a lot of, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of dynamics. Like in any sport, when you add a competitor um, or you take that competitor off the field, um, the dynamic changes. And it's, 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 a mental, it's a mental game as well as a physical game. Having, having Shakari on the track, she is, she is, she is the bump, she is the top dog. And her being on the track with you, it's either going to get you hyped up, get you ready to race. It might intimidate you. What if she's in the lane right next to you? And, she, and if, she's, if she's DQ'd, maybe you have a lane spot that's open. That might help you. That might harm you. But it impacts the entire dynamic of the race. 
And so what I'm saying is that every heat she ran, it's not just as simple as saying, well, you know, she's not going to go. But I'm like, we don't know who would have won those heats were she not on the track. There are people who are sitting at home who now don't know if they're going to be called up as an alternate or be on the team because of that. And I think about the person who would, someone else would have won um, that final qualifying race to get to the Olympics. Now that person will be said, will be told, well, you're only, you only in air quotes won because Shakira was disqualified. It was not going. So she, she robbed, in my view, in my view, she robbed her fellow competitors of, for an opportunity for their moment, for their moment to shine. Because it's not just winning the race and being awarded the race, but when you win the 100-meter qualifying final to get to the Olympics and you get that that one-on-one -on -one interview with NBC, I believe it's Lewis Hamilton. It, there's, there's Lewis Hamilton, but I think there's a Lewis Hamilton Formula One driver too. I'm sure I'm getting this wrong. Um, and, and what comes with that kind of exposure, those, her competitors didn't get that. They were robbed of that, right? And now the narrative will be, well, you're not Shakari Richardson. Do you feel like you should, do you, how do you, like, even if, so say another American wins 100 meter finals. How do you feel about Shakari not being here? Should Shakari be running in the four by one relay? It's not fair to them. And I don't think she should be there. I think it's going to be a distraction. Um, but more than that, I, the thing that, the thing that stuck out to me, and this is going to pain, it pains me to say it as much as it might pain you to hear it. You know what I've been thinking about as I've been watching social media and everyone complaining about she should be allowed to run and that the rules are stupid and bad, which by the way, marijuana is not a performance enhancer of anything except maybe eating. Um, but the rules are the rules. But the thing that stuck out to me, the thing that came to my mind was that the George Bush's bigotry of low expectations. And what I keep hearing is like, oh, we should let her run. I'm like, oh, so what I'm hearing is that we should change the rules for Shakari. Um, that we, we don't think that she was capable enough or strong enough of following the rules. That's what we're saying. And the U.S. Olympic Committee is saying, no, she's completely capable. We don't need less than rules for her. Like, we don't need less than rules for any U.S. Olympian who qualifies. All the rules apply across the board for everyone. And it doesn't matter if you're the fastest woman in the world. The rules apply to you. The same rules would, would, would apply to Simone Biles. Those same rules are going to apply to Katie Ledecky. Swimming phenomena. I know, we, you know we've been talking a lot about Simone and her dominance. And she is the most dominant American. At, for, for what it's worth, 
Simone Biles is the most dominant American athlete we've ever had. And I'm, I will fight anybody who, who wants to fight about that. Katie Ledecky, though, is coming. She's coming for Michael Phelps. And Katie Ledecky, I would be interested to see how she does in, in Tokyo, if she can dominate the way she did in Rio. And would love to see if Ledecky has another run in her uh, for 2024 in Paris. That being said, Shakari Richardson, uh, I am pulling for her. Uh, I want to see her succeed, and I want her redemption story to be amazing, just not in Tokyo. It'll have to be in Paris in, uh, in 2024. But, uh, guys, we don't need different rules for her. Um, that is actually what we would be arguing for would be inequity. Hey, she is supremely talented. We should have different rules for her. We should make an exception in her case. Um... I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in the society that says, hey, if you're famous, if you're super talented, if you're rich, we've got different rules for you. I don't want to live in that world. Oh, wait, that's the world that we currently live in and the world that we have been you know, working so diligently to change. What I'm hearing is, in, 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 is advocacy for the status quo. When we want to change the rules for her. I'm not down with that. I'm not down with that. So, again, her suspension is lifted on the 6th. She would be eligible to run the 4x1. I don't think that's the best move, but that's, you know, that, that's the, you know, that's the, you know, USO, you know, PC's call. Okay? Um... But yeah, I, yeah. So I'm taking unpopular opinions today. I'm, you know, a. We all agree Bill Cosby is a rapist, should be in jail. But the the legal system, unfortunately, worked the way it was supposed to work. And uh, I don't think we need special rules for super talented athletes even when they are clearly lovable and root forable like Shakari Richardson is. Um, we don't need special rules for them. Um, we can revisit whether or not marijuana should be, um, you know, a, a banned substance or not. We can have that conversation and maybe by 2024 it won't be, but it is today. And uh, she knew the rules. And uh, she chose to go a different way. So, yeah. So in the past year, um, Jerry somehow has become the Law & Order podcast host. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's happening to me. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is in a weird way, in a very screwed up way, um, what this week to me has been about has been about the downside to equity. And what it means is that equity does not guarantee favorable outcomes. It just means equity for equity's sake. And what we're seeing this week is equity worked and it gave us horrible, crappy, unfavorable outcomes. Completely undesirable outcomes. 
but we got equity. And I think we need to be very clear in the dangerous thing. And the danger, folks, is that if we begin to conflate equity with favorable outcomes, you know what we're not going to get? We're not going to get equity. Equity doesn't mean I win all the time. Equity doesn't mean that I, we all get participation trophies. Equity sometimes means, shoot, man, we, we, we have been able to identify an injustice, especially like in the Bill Cosby case, where this system does not work. It worked the way it's supposed to work, and what we found out when the system works the way it's supposed to work is that it doesn't work. Now, a favorable outcome to me is, to me, the favorable outcome is that Bill Cosby doesn't rape 60 people. Bill Cosby never rapes one. Favorable outcome is that when it does happen, that there are fully trained, capable law enforcement and um, community peer support um, individuals that are trusted in communities where women can come and report, not just report, but be supported. It's report and support, right? We don't have a system that, we have a system that does not give a damn about um, what it takes to, to, to come to a place where you're ready to report a crime like that. We, we don't have a system that, that recognizes the need for, for safety in reporting and support in supporting. Support in reporting. We don't have a system that does that. We need a system that does that. And, the, and you can have a system that is responsive to the 5th and 14th uh, amendment rights of um, of the assailant, of the alleged assailant, and you protect the victim at the same time. That is possible. That's the favorable outcome. We, you know, that's the work we have in front of us now. And you know, as far as Shakari Richardson goes, look, we can just we can either say marijuana is not banned. Um, or, you know, I don't know that to me, honestly, the Shakari Richardson thing is a non, it's a non-issue, but what we saw in, in the state of Pennsylvania this week with Bill Cosby, that to me, if we're going to do criminal justice reform, that needs to be right near the top of the list. We simply cannot have things like what happened this week ever happen again. On that note, happy fourth. Um, and you know, I you know, I actually feel good knowing that it's been a year, and this show is still a very, very much a hot mess, and that you're still with me. And I will make the promise to you that I made this time last year um, that each show will get better. Now, I have completely failed in that promise many times over this past year. But I can tell you with the things that are coming this year, oh man, the shows are just going to be phenomenal. I cannot wait. We're going to be, I'm going to be hitting you with a brand new episode next Sunday. Oh man, it's going to be good. It is going to be so good.
But hey, um, be, keep being good to yourselves, good to each other. Celebrate your freedom. Um, be careful. Um, like COVID and otherwise, don't get your don't get fingers blown off. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, just 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 have a good time. We're going to catch you on the flip side of the next episode of The Uninvited. Um, thank you. I love you. Be well. And uh, I'll catch you next time. Peace.